Welcome to today's episode of the Big Tech Small Biz Podcast on the CGMRadio.com network, a show where we invite small business owners from the great state of Texas to share about the businesses they run, how they became small business owners, their biggest lessons about business, and most importantly, what they learned as they walked with God along the way. I am your host, Ryan Holland, along with co-host this week, Justin Parks. Justin, Woo, how are you doing? i a double yeehaw today. A double yeehaw. Super, I'm doubly excited. Double big text, double yeehaw today. Well, that's right. That, that's what that tells me is it's going to be a great show. Because if, there, if there's just one yeehaw, it's like yeah, it's just a good day in Texas, like normal. Double yeehaw means this is a double this yeehaw is, day. This this is going to be something, and it'll be even a, a better yeehaw day for multiple reasons, right? Number one is that one, one way that you as a listener can make it a better yeehaw day is to subscribe to the show, right? Yeah. They go to cgmradio.com/slash big text and they can subscribe. We're, yeah, we're, they it's can, so easy. It is. It's that easy. Like Apple, Spotify, Google. It's like everywhere. It's crazy. We're on like hundreds of channels, apparently. Um, so subscribe there. Also, email us. You can. Big text at cgmradio.com. We would love to hear from you. We love to hear from our listeners. But the other reason, the main reason why it is a great day today, Q Fox Sports NFL Anthem. <laughs> That's terrible. That's pretty good. Was it? Not bad. It, it, it's a lot better than I would have done. We could not afford the rights. Yeah, we could, we could we, not afford no. the rights. What would that cost to be able to play that song on like this? 20 bucks, probably. Man, 25 know, bucks. Oh, man. Fox. I mean, Fox. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. owned by Disney now. Yeah, yeah. We're, talk, <laughs> we're talking billions. We're kind of small potatoes for that. But the reason why uh, we have a uh, big, big, big reason to be excited, and we're chanting the Fox Sports anthem, is that we have with us former NFL player and small business owner, Jackie Battle. Jackie? Oh, thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Um, thank, well, you, thank you. Well, we are very glad. We're very glad to have you. Uh, as I said, uh, Jackie is former NFL player, running back, and he's also a successful small business owner, of course, who, like all small businesses, have uh, gone through some uh, interesting times these, these past few months. Well, and, and he, the other thing that I'm excited about is he played for the San Diego Chargers, well, L.A. Chargers. Yeah. That's my team. That's my favorite team. And I'm dying to know what you think about playing with Phillip Rivers and some of these other all kinds colorful, of stuff colorful characters. You're bringing back some memories, man. I haven't thought about those guys in a while. Yeah. So let's let's kick it off. Um, <laughs> to no pun intended. Um, <laughs> nice tell one. us. T- uh, we we would love to hear your story. Like, take us from take us from the early early childhood up till you know maybe through like career. Okay. You know, so some of my story is a little cloudy because um, I took a lot of hits. My wife always says that I have a bad memory because. I took a lot of hits, mm. <laughs> but and, and then the whole CTE thing. But mm. um, my earliest memory, you know, I was um, probably around seven. That's probably my earliest memory, and it's whenever my step, my mom, my mom um, packed us up in a car, and we basically escaped from my abusive stepfather. Mm. Um, so we lived in a in a shelter for about six months. That's how we relocated to Houston, uh, to Humble. We lived in Houston. Got relocated to Humble through a uh, a home uh, a shelter for a battered women's shelter, wow. and me and my brothers and my, my mom lived there for about I want to say six weeks. Could have been a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there we got re- reloc. We finally got on our feet. My wife, my mom got on her feet, and we 
moved to an apartment in Humble, Texas. So my mom raised all of us by ourselves, you know, uh, by herself. Um, my older brother went and lived with, with my grandmother um, just because it was uh, less strain on her, taking mm-hmm. care of three boys instead of four. And um, from there, um, I spent most of my childhood in Humble, Texas. Um, went into high school, played high school football in, at Humble High School. And um, I think one of the biggest things with my football career at Humble High School was I wasn't the typical jock. Um, I wasn't the guy that played varsity football for four years. I only played one year of varsity football. Oh, wow. Yeah, so my freshman year, I was on the freshman team. Then sophomore year, it's sophomore like a, team. It's like a Michael Jordan story <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something, similar. right? Similar. Not quite. But, that's <laughs> but, it, but they have a really similar. good team. Close. They, yeah. Did they have a pretty good team? <laughs> they did, yeah. Matter of fact, the, the, um, the class that graduated right after me um, had 12 guys go Division One. Wow. That's, which is, that's like the whole, that's most of the team were D1 players. Yeah. That's um, incredible. So then now it makes sense that you didn't start till you were Yeah, senior, well, I didn't right? play. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Oh, wow. So what happened was the starting running back got hurt um, my senior year, and I was actually on JV playing tight end, but I was really fast. They were like, you, you, what do you think about playing running back? And I was like, I'll try it. And I go out there my first game and went for 230 yards. <laughs> first game of running back. So the back. coaching staff might have missed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. missed something, huh? I went for 230 <laughs> yards my first game, so I became the new starting running back Unbelievable. at Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. And then from there, um, got a scholarship to the University of Houston. Um, how, I how was, to, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. how was your personal reaction to that? When you, <sighs> when you got out there and you're like, oh, my gosh. I'm a pretty good running back. I thought I was immediately going to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, realistically, though, um, I, I was in shock. I mean, everybody was in shock. I didn't know, I, nobody knew where I came from. Nobody heard of me, um, which made it easy for me because there was no film on me. You know, like this, there was no scouting report on me. Um, so that made it easier on me because they didn't know what my weaknesses were. They didn't know what my strengths were. None of that. Um but it it was a shock to everybody. It was a shock to everybody. But from there, once University of Houston, I wasn't highly recru- recruited um, for the simple fact that nobody knew who I was. I only had one year of film. Right. But I had I had probably about five or six offers. Um, I committed to Syracuse originally. Then I took a visit up there. It was like twenty degrees. Right. So you like, crossed it off the I list. I was like, nope, can't do yeah. it. Um, then I committed to A and M, and then um, whoop. Yeah, so, that is that where you? Sorry, that's where I went. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, B- so you, you avoided BBA. going to that cult, huh? I, I did. I you, did. Oh, you avoided. Uh, <laughs> well, what happened was, you know, I really wanted to go because most of my matter of fact, when I told you um, that class right after me, they had like four guys go to A and M. Everybody from my town kind of like goes to A and M. Everybody <laughs> right. from Humble. That's like the the thing you do. And um, they had when I went there, I took my visit. They gave me an offer, but they said, um, only. They didn't offer me originally. They said, well, they're going to offer this other guy. If he doesn't take it, then we're going to offer you. And that's kind of what happened. They, they offered this guy, um, uh, I can't remember his name, Lawrence Vickers. They, they offered Lawrence Vickers. He ended up going to Colorado. So, so he goes to Colorado. He goes to Colorado. They end up offering me, and I accepted the offer. And then like a week later, I was like, I don't want to be somebody's second pick. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, it, it, That didn't sit well with me. So I decommitted from A and M, and then I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to stay home. Was, was that the worst decision of your entire life? It you was think? the best decision. Oh, of my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I choose not to believe that. Way too much cognitive dissonance happening here. Let's move it, on. Let's, let's just say on. it worked out. Okay, so <laughs> now I got to ask this. Okay, what years did you go to college? Um, o two to o six. So Ryan, did you go see A and M games back then? I actually graduated in o. 
one. So you missed it by a year. I missed it. Could have seen him playing. I'm a few years senior of Mr. Battle here. Just yeah. a few. Just, just a few. I mean, just the show. <laughs> uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently. No, but uh, so I went to U of H, and um, I get there, and I was there for for one year, and then just like with any college team, the coaching staff changes. Our coach gets fired, goes somewhere else, and they bring this other guy in, Art Bryles. Um, he was my coach for most of my career there, and he 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 ran this wide open offense, which is like passing the ball, four or five receivers, and I'm this big bruising running back. I'm I'm built for a power offense, and um, I just didn't fit in. But he found a way to to fit me into the system, and um, I wasn't a starter most of my career there, but they utilized me well. Um, I, I ended up I don't I end up having thirty something touchdowns. I had the record at U of H for a while. I got broken a couple years ago. Wow. And wow. Uh, it worked out. That's it pretty good out. for not being a starter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I was, what I was a goal line short yardage guy. I was <laughs> yeah. a goal, well, I stole a lot of touchdowns. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> they would do all the work getting down there, and they just put me in to get the touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, hey. Yeah. But it worked one out way to me. skin a cat, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so I did okay in college, but I, I didn't have like NFL dreams. I mean, I didn't have the stats. I didn't, nobody knew who I was, but I was this big, strong, athletic guy. And um, I wasn't invited to the uh, to the um, combine, mm-hmm. but um, every school has a pro day. Do y'all know what a pro day is? Yeah, it's yeah. it's the combine, but it's at your school and scouts right. come. And you know, I, I got blessed extremely because our quarterback was Kevin Cobb at the time, and he was a second round draft pick. Ended up going to I think I was drafted by the Eagles in the second round. So yeah. all the scouts were there to see him, right? But when they saw him, they saw me. I, I was like, man, here's my opportunity. So I go out there, and I was six. 6'2", 238, and I ran a 4'39", and a 4'240", which is like unheard of. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to toot my horn, but it's like they were just like, where'd this guy come from? Yeah. Um, Part of the reason was I dropped a ton of weight for pro day. I Mm -hmm. played around 255, 260. I got down to 238 for my pro day. Oh, you were uh, lean and mean. Oh, lean and mean. I mean, I I led all the running backs in the draft. My numbers far exceeded everybody i mean my vertical jump broad jump i was number one on most of these things and they still didn't draft you i didn't have this i didn't have the film like oh, wow. and i didn't play to that speed i didn't know i was I, honestly i didn't know i was that fast mm. i had no idea until i got tested and i started training for it um but my numbers by itself got me into the league so yeah. i ended up signing with uh with the dallas cowboys um coming out as an undrafted free agent and i ended up getting cut from there i got hurt and they cut me and then the kansas city chiefs picked me up I want to say um, 10th game of the season, but I was on practice squad. Priest Holmes got hurt. Yep. I so everybody kind of moved up the list. So the practice squad guy got went to the active roster. The second string guy got moved up. Everybody moved up. Yeah. Um, so they just brought me in on practice squad. And then um, I got activated to the active roster, um, I want to say it was week 13. And... I got a touchdown on my very first carry in the NFL. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it was the same thing. They did all the hard work, get down there, and they put me in on short yardage. So it was a nice. three-yard touchdown. And then again, I was like, man, I'm going to be a superstar in the NFL. I got a touchdown. That wasn't <laughs> Did nothing. you keep that football? I did. Nice. I had, yeah, and I still have it. Okay, so you know, this is what I was going to ask you eventually. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I haven't met very many people with Wikipedia pages. You know, I, did you, Do you create that? Did somebody else create that for you? I don't know you? where that comes okay, from. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. I have no but idea. I, I, will, I, will, I guess we can confirm this, that your Wikipedia page does say that on your very first carry, you got a touchdown. It says, so, okay, cool. Yeah, it does. So I'm not yeah. lying. Yeah, no. All right. No. I don't know. If I Unless I created it. But it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's, a, that's cool. That's cool. So what happened after that? You score a touchdown on your first carry, and you don't become like the starting 
oh, running no, back, no. but you're still like on the actual professional squad. What did that feel like to go from like practice squad to like it was the scary. NFL? I it mean, was that's... scary, but you know, I, it wasn't until, uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't until the next season where I had the moment where. I was like, man, I'm an NFL. Because, you know, there's only three games left when I got activated, and they didn't use me much. Um, I played a little bit of special teams, but I was going against guys that really weren't, like, big-name guys, you know, special teams. I was running on a kickoff, punt, punt return. But the following year, we played the Patriots um, opening game, and we were up in Foxborough, and I was on special teams. And then, you know, like, if it's a situation where they do defense stay, they kept the starting defense out there when I was on punt team. Hmm. So I'm out there on punt team, and they did the, the starting defense was out there. And Teddy Bruschi was lined up over me. Oh, wow. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I'm an NFL. Like, for real. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was my first time, like, really competing against guys that I had seen on TV that I looked up to. Um, Vince Wilfork was out there. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> this is for real. I was like, I'm really in the NFL now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was, like, the moment where I was like, man, I'm in the, I'm in the NFL. This is crazy. But the, the, previous, game, the previous season, I, I played three games. It, it, it didn't seem real. I mean, I didn't think nothing of it until mm. we played the Patriots up there. Well, but even when you're when you're out there, right? You just being out there, suited up. You're you're on the floor of the stadium, not like me. I'm in, usually in the nosebleed section yeah. if I'm there at all. <laughs> um, but you're there. You're on. The, you're surrounded by these guys. Um, but even that wasn't enough of to yeah. to really get the the feeling that I'm in this thing. Well, I take it back. You know what? Let me let me rewind a little bit. Whenever okay. I was a undrafted free agent and I went to the Cowboys. Now you know Cowboys are America's team, right? Like <clears throat> full of superstars. It was like Tony Romo and uh, Terrell Owens and <clears throat> yeah. all those guys. Oh yeah. But it was funny because <laughs> I guess this was the moment, I, and I always laugh about it. It was after our first practice, and you know you go into the shower, <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> in the shower with Romo and like <laughs> like Owens. I'm like. This is crazy. I just watched these guys on TV last yeah, year. Yeah. And now we're like in the shower. Like it was uncomfortable, weird. Yeah. And that's why I was like, okay, I guess I'm in the NFL. Yeah. Like they didn't do that in college? Yeah, but it was guys you had just watched on TV. Like yeah, superstar star, guys. Yeah, it's like, it's like if you just saw a yeah. movie and then you were in the shower with, with a Tom bunch Cruise. Of actors. Tom Cruise. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're just like, what is this? Yeah, and he doesn't that was care. Weird. And it he was... doesn't care that you're in there. And they're in there talking and yeah. laughing. I'm just like, where am I? This is like So, so here's something that people <laughs> always get asked. What like and you don't have to answer. We can cut it out if you want. But what did do you remember what you did with your first like big NFL like yeah, well, my first checks weren't that big. You know, right. I was on practice squad when I okay, first got in. Gotcha. Practice squad, you make like a teacher salary. Right. But it's all, it seems like a lot of money because it's condensed into 16 weeks. You get paid weekly mm-hmm. for the for the uh, whole season. Okay. So okay. it's a chunk of change, but, you know, it's still like you got to be smart with your money and right. budget well. Um, but the my very first game check, I bought a... Uh, what was the first? The first thing I bought was a, a TV for my apartment. Yeah. I bought like a, it was like a plasma, you know. Yeah. This back. was a while back. Oh, yeah. I remember plasma. That was I a spent deal. like two grand on this little, it was like a, it was like 37 inch. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. and it was, now look at it. I still have it. It's, it's in my guest room. Oh, you it's still like, have it? It's like a foot thick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's I great. paid so much money for that thing. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. But, um, and then I, you know, I bought a car, which I, my wife calls me. She calls me cheap, but I say I'm fiscally responsible. I bought a yeah. used Escalade. It was a 2004. This was 07. I bought a 2004 Escalade. Um, what else did I buy? I think those are the only two things I can remember. 
I didn't spend a lot of money. Yeah, I saved most of it. I'm, I'm not a big spender. Uh, that's, smart. That, that's when it would hit. That's when it would hit me the hardest. Like in the more like, wow, I just got like an NFL check like <laughs> with the team's name on it, and like that would be. Yeah, yeah that be yeah, cool. pretty surreal too. You know? Yeah, but then you kind of. I remember. I remember the first set when I was at the Chiefs. They're the only team that I've been on that does um, physical checks. Everybody else does direct deposit. Okay. So the Chiefs do physical checks, and I remember sitting in the meeting. They're handing out the checks, and I got my check, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, like okay, <laughs> this is for like crazy. Yeah. And then I got the guy next to me. Do y'all remember Larry Johnson? Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw his check. <laughs> A lot more, right? <laughs> it was two hundred thousand dollars for one check, one game. Wow. And I'm just like. Okay, oh I got some work to do. That's, that's, that's not a bad hourly rate yeah. if you think about it's it. Like, jeez. So let's talk about yeah. like, let's talk about like throughout all of this. What was it? What was your walk with God? So I didn't become a believer until 2012, mm-hmm. and this is when I went to the went to the Chargers. And um, so 2011. 2011, a friend of mine on the on the Chiefs invited me and my wife to a conference called Pro Athletes Outreach, and um, it's in it was in Florida. So what what they do is he paid for it. He paid for the whole trip, and you go out there. And I didn't know anything about Christianity. I mean, you know, hear stuff. I was kind of agnostic, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. but I'd never really heard the gospel before, to be honest with you. And I go out there and. Um, at the time, I didn't know who all these guys were, but Miles McPherson was a speaker. Tony Evans was a speaker. Francis Chan was a speaker. Wow. wow. I got to meet all these All-star guys. All-star lineup. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't know who they were at the time. But, you know, it's a small little group of guys, and we're out there. And um, I'm meeting all these pastors, and they're putting it very clear, like, what the gospel is. Like, the first, you know, the first time I really, really heard it clearly. And, um, to, be, and to be honest with you, I didn't get saved that, that um, like, during that trip. It's whenever I got back, I'm I'm kind of a I need I don't know I can't I don't know how to say it. It Me, wasn't like you said that lightning bolt moment. I didn't have that. I had to think through some things. I had to look up some stuff for myself, mm. and I was like, and and that's when I, God just instantly turned my heart. Like when I got back, it was when I got back from the trip. When I was out there, guys were getting baptized and you know all that stuff. But I think what happens, I'm not like an, a, an, a super emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what happens is a lot of times, like you hear about kids going to these retreats and stuff, and all these kids are getting saved and they come home and there's no fruit. Hmm. It's I think it's an emotional thing a lot of times. And right. I'm not a, a hyper emotional guy. I'm more analytical when it comes to stuff. So once I kind of start putting the pieces together, I was like, no, nah, this is the truth. Like there was nothing else that made any sense. Like you look at like um you look at a lot of atheists, nothing comes from nothing. Like I couldn't believe that. I started doing my own research on the Bible and, and, and all these kind of things. I was like, yeah, this is 100% the truth. And at that moment, that's when I had the 180. I had a complete heart change. And, um, I mean, of course, I'm still sanct- the sanctification process. I'm still learning and growing and all that. But sure. there was definitely um, an, an extreme heart change in that, in that very moment when I got back. I was like, no, this is the truth. And um, my life's been different ever since. I mean, <laughs> completely changed so, ever since. So how do you yeah. go from being an unbeliever in the NFL and just kind of, you know, the, the lifestyle or whatever that was? Not necessarily that it's like some guys that make the headlines or whatever, but yeah. just but just not being a believer. And then now you're you're in the NFL and you're a believer. What, what changes or what was there friction? Was there difficulty there that wasn't there before? Or was, I'm sure, probably some victory in some ways that there wasn't yeah. there before, too. So what was that transition like? It was kind of cool. Well, obviously, my the people I hung out with changed. Um, and this is where 
Um, sorry. Yeah. So obviously the people I was hanging out hanging out with changed, and man, I, I'm I'm so I'm so grateful to God that it did change because you know I I had just gotten married, so after I became a believer, like God brought all these men into my life and into my life that taught like showed me how to be a husband. Like a lot of the guys I was hanging out with were at the clubs every week, every, at the bars, like partying, like all that stuff. And then God brought all these men. It's like every, it's like it's like He just purposely put all of them in a room just for me. I start going, well, can you know? I kind of start going to the Bible studies and all that kind of stuff. Who were some of the like people that you know influenced you and mentored you while I was in the league? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, the guy that invited me to pro athletes outreach, his name is Jeremy Urban. He's actually the coach at Trinity University right now. So he was the one that invited me, and um, I'm thankful to God for him because without that trip, I mean, who, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, another guy is a punter for um, the Titans, Brett Kern. He's still the current punter there. Um, Dustin Colquitt, he just retired. He just retired from the Chiefs um, not too long ago. Um, as I'm naming people, I'm like, man, I, re- I really was a lot uh, of, a close with special team guys. Punters, yeah, a lot of punters, yeah, punters reaching out. Well, yeah, I was a special teamer, so. Yeah. I hung out with a lot of the special teams guys. That's cool, man. Um, but not the other, um, Andy Studebaker. He was a uh, yeah. He another, went to, he went he went to, to Wheaton. Wheaton. That's right. Yeah, so he was like the only there. NFL player from Wheaton. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, probably, school. probably doesn't happen very <laughs> often. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andy Studebaker. Um, man, there's a there's a ton. I was of hoping guys. you were gonna name a couple Chargers. You know, well, I'll say this about the Chargers. So I didn't, I didn't give San Diego a fair shot because I got there. I had been with the Chiefs for so long, and I was only in San Diego for a year. And they live a little bit of a different lifestyle out there than what I was used to. Um, they're more into the – it's like Hollywood. It's like I can't explain it. It's just a different lifestyle. I'm used right. to like Texas, Tennessee, the South. Like yeah. it's, it's different. It's you, more down you, to earth here than it is yeah. in California. So I never really got super plugged in there. With with I, w- I was there for a short time. I was injured when I got there, I, so I didn't really get to um, spend a lot of time. I didn't spend the off season with them. So that's when a lot of guys kind of get that camaraderie. Yeah. So I didn't get to spend the off season with them. I was there purely just during the season, pretty much. I mean, I did training camp and and all that, but the off season is where everybody really gets to gel and get to know each other, right? Because um, there's so much free time. So I didn't get that with them. Um, but like we were speaking earlier, I mean, I. I met Miles McPherson there because uh, he was kind of a he wasn't the chaplain, but he was around a lot. Yeah, and he was the chaplain for the Chargers for a while. Yeah, um, and I, I actually he was my pastor for a oh, long, really a long time. Yes, the Rock. Shout out to the Rock Church. The Rock Church. Yeah, and like I was telling you earlier, he really gave. Um, he kind of helped me navigate through. Um, so I had a friend of mine that played with me at the Chiefs. His name was Javon Belcher, and. He, you may have remembered it in the news. So he shot his wife or girlfriend, pregnant girlfriend. No, they had a newborn baby. They had a newborn baby, shot his girlfriend, then he drove to the facility and shot himself. And his locker was next to mine for four years. Oh, my gosh. So I go to San Diego, and I get a call from um, from a guy, our long snapper, Thomas Gafford, and he said, look, I know you and Javon are really close. I just want to be the first person to let you know before you see it on the news of what happened. So he kind of broke the news to me of what happened, and that shattered me, like, like almost like broke me. And um, yeah, um, Miles talked me through a bunch of stuff, prayed with me frequently. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful to God for him because I don't know where I would have been without him in that moment. Yeah. Um, but that brings me to another point. That whole thing with Javon, 
it just it broke my heart because I had I was a new believer and his locker was next to mine for four years and I never shared the gospel with him. And hmm. man, from that from that moment, I was like, man, this message needs to get out. Like I know Javon wasn't a believer and he was just starting to he wanted him and his girlfriend wanted to hang out with me and my wife just to like um they basically wanted us to mentor them. Oh, and wow. yeah, and then all this stuff happened. And I was like, I never shared the gospel with that guy. And his locker was next to mine for so long. And I was only a believer for a short time, you know, yeah. whenever before, right before all that happened. But um it kind of changed my perception on like the, the the gospel is it's an it's an urgent message. Yeah. yeah. There needs to be more urgency in who we share the gospel with, just for the simple fact that you never know what's gonna happen. That's right. Like I can leave here right right now and you can die in a car wreck. And you never heard the good news of Jesus Christ, and I had an opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think that um, added the urgency to me um, sharing the gospel with more people. Amen. Amen. So, wow, that's, um, that's incredible. But where was I at with my story, though? Well, <laughs> San Diego. Well, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we got to the. I pla- get sidetracked. I'm to sorry. The place, uh, no, this is like, this is really good stuff. Um, I, okay, so as you're sharing, though, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. But can you explain the key? Is there a significance around the key? Oh, yeah. So we actually sell these keys in our store. Um, they're called the giving keys. And the, the premise behind them is you're supposed to get a word that you like or embrace. Mine says hope. And once you're in conversation with somebody you feel needs that word more than you, you're supposed to pay it forward and give them the key. Um, and we support this company for a few reasons. One, the message is great, but they also employ um, people that are trying to transition out of homelessness. So every key is put together, stamped by somebody that that company's trying to help out transition out of homelessness. That's really cool. Yeah, so the keys are cool. Can people get these keys on... Do you have a website? Um, or do they have to go to the store? You have to go to the store. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to the store. Um, before we get to the store, um, I, I want to ask you about... Um, you gave some memories, some highlights of your career, but what would you say top top two or three highlights as a football player? As a football player... Top highlights. You stole my thunder, Justin. I was just going to ask the same well, thing. Well, we can but... edit it back, and you can and ask then, the And then I can ask the question. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you so much. There's so many. Okay, you know, one is not really a highlight, but it was very um, – it kind of boosted my career. It wasn't that glamorous, but um, I was a special teamer um, for four years. And in 2011, um, Jamal Charles, who was our starting running back, he went to UT. He got injured. And they didn't have a – the Chiefs didn't have a real backup. It was three of us rotating. It was me, Dexter McCluster, and Thomas Jones. So we were all kind of rotating, trying to fill in this spot for Jamal Charles, who's this amazing Pro Bowl running back, and we couldn't really fill his shoes. Right. But they were trying to figure it out. And um, we were playing the Minnesota Vikings, and we were, like, backed up on our own, like, 20 or something like that. Um, and a, very, a really important fourth down came up. So it was, like, fourth and one. And they said, you know what, Jackie's the biggest. Let's just put him in a short yardage and let him, you know, see if we can get this first down. So I go in there, get the first down. I got like nine yards on this fourth and one. So they were like, let's just leave him in. Mm. So they ended up leaving me in the game. We marched down there, um, drive down there, get a touchdown, end up winning. Um, nice. So the following week, they made me the starting running back. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Like, all just right, like, this got like real. That. Yeah, just like that. They made me the starting running back. Um, so the following week, um, I go and this, I just thought about this. It's just like my high school career. Um, we play the Colts. My very first game as a starter, I went for like 119. Wow. Like my very first game as a starting running back. And I would say that was probably my biggest highlight. I think it was that nine yard run because that kind of like changed my career drastically. Wow. Um, 
and it, it all comes down to like taking advantage of the opportunity. Like I was ready. Like I'd That's been right. ready for that moment for a long time. That's right. And when they gave it to me, I was like, I'm going to get this. Ain't nobody stopping me. <laughs> like, I love it. I'm going to get it. I didn't get all the way to, to the NFL. Yeah. I was like, to this not is not be a starter. When and I, I knew it was pivotal, but I didn't know it was that pivotal. Like yeah, I was yeah. like, man, this is a, a pretty important fourth down just for that game, but it ended up like changing my career. A nine yard run can make all the completely difference, but, changed my but career. no one can just step in there and do it they've got to have a like a lifetime of training oh yeah yeah you got to be ready and you never know when your number's going to be called and i was just waiting for that moment i didn't know that that was the moment but i knew it was important because it was you know a fourth down that's always important but i didn't know that the impact it would have on my career um, wow there seems to be such a strong spiritual analogy to what you're saying right because you spent a, a lifetime in training and preparation and it was and it was really, I mean, for this moment, really, I mean, of all the moments, it seems like yeah. this is the most pivotal, and your number was called, and then you were able to able to perform. And Let's I wonder go. if there's some kind of spiritual analogy there, how God wants us to be prepared, even if we don't feel like there's anything significant around the corner. We don't think that there's anything kind of big or beyond us or special around the corner, but if we're just faithful to the things that God has called us to, That's good. he said, you know, if we're faithful in little, he'll make us... You know, he knows we're, we can be faithful yeah. and much, and so we never know what point maybe our number is going to be called. That's you know, good. I don't yeah. know. I, I that you should speak on that or something like no, that. No, so there, there you got your speaking topic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> that's what? actually a good. He's right. That that's is a good, really good. I never looked at it from that perspective. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we talked. Yeah, and then that also ties into your your locker mate, your friend. You know, you never know when your when exactly your time is up. Urgency, you don't, never man. know when your time you're going to be called to do yeah. something, but you also never know when your time has has ended. Yeah, um, and that comes from sharing the gospel with people, but also just our own lives. Yeah, uh, living living our life to the fullest and to honor honor God with what time we're given. Yes, sir. Yeah, Amen. Wow. I wanted to ask you also did you did you um, did the team make the playoffs while you were with the Chiefs? We made the playoffs in 2010. That was my only time in the playoffs. So what was that like? Was it just like another game, or did no, you feel the intensity? No, oh no, it was it was not like another game. You, it, it's weird. Like you go, it's like you go into the stadium and like you can feel the literally feel the energy. Mm. I can't really explain. It's like the lights are brighter and it's louder. It's like everything's intensified, and you just and, and then you have the nervousness. Like, and like, this is just like game one. This is first round. I couldn't yeah. imagine playing the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> I couldn't contain myself. So opening kickoff, are you on the? Oh yeah, on the opening the, kickoff. Yeah, I was out there. Nice. I don't remember it though. I remember we got destroyed. But we played the um, Ravens. <laughs> we got killed. Oh wow. Yeah, we got we went out there and um, we thought we were going to destroy him. Um, Jamal Charles broke off a couple big runs and got a touchdown. Like our first drive, we're like, oh, we're going to kill him. And then our quarterback goes out there and those five interceptions, that doesn't help. So we end up getting destroyed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's cool that you got to play in uh, at least one playoff game. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of players go their whole career and don't don't get to experience the postseason. Yeah, no doubt. I remember like um uh Tony Gonzalez, you know, he left Kansas City because we didn't have a shot at right. you know, his crew was kind of winding down and he saw that the Falcons had a chance. So he left and they were weren't very good either. But like you said, like here's a Hall of Fame tight end, best that ever played, and he didn't have very many postseason no. um, appearances. Hmm. Let's see. I think I had a, I had a question for you. Oh yeah, um, what was? Uh, gosh, what was it? I'm gonna have to edit edit this out uh, real quick. Oh yeah. So what I was gonna ask is, 
you know, let's say you're that quarterback, right? Yeah. Let's say you're that oh. that kicker that's got the game-winning kick and you miss it. I've always wondered what is it like for that guy when he goes back to the locker room and everybody's in there. What is that like? So I've been that guy, but not on the same level. Um, and this was this kind of and this was important too. Um, we, I was playing for the University of Houston and. Um, we went down to my, we played, we were playing the Miami Hurricanes. And this one, Miami was like Miami, like yeah, really good. I think they were number three in the country. We went down there and played them. And we were beating them, like going into the fourth quarter. We were beating the Miami Hurricanes. And wow. we're this little Conference USA, we were a cupcake, you know, like a warm up game for them. And um, we, were, we were beating them in the fourth quarter. And we were backed up on our six, own six yard line. And I go in there and fumble. And the ball flies out. They pick it. No, we were on. I'll take it back. We were going in. We were on their six yard line. We were about to score, mm. and I fumble. They run it back for a touchdown, and the momentum completely shifted. They end up destroying us, like in the last quarter. And um, man, you talk about that moment. You walk in the locker. Room, everybody's like, "It's your fault." Like that's what you're thinking. Nobody really said that. Everybody's like, "It's okay. That could happen to anybody." Everybody's trying to yeah. like yeah. comfort you and all that, but you know they're all saying it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know all of yeah. that. Oh my god. Uh, so it's. I mean, the team was really supportive in that moment, but you know what everybody's thinking. And I think the same thing with the kickers and quarterbacks throwing picks. But I say that was pivotal, too, because ever after after that fumble, um, I never fumbled the ball again, like in my entire NFL career. Like it's true. We we were looking up your stats before this and I had to do a double take. And I had to read it again and go, wait, how is it possible? It was because never of that. fumbled. It was because of that moment. I was like, I never want to feel that way again. So I took ball security um, to the next level. Maybe maybe to my detriment because there's a lot of times where I could have opened up running, but I was worried about protecting the ball. Yeah. I'd be running open field with two hands on it like just because yeah. I was worried about protecting the ball. I just never wanted to go back to that moment. Like I feel like I let everybody, not just my team, but uh, like the university. Like oh, wow. I feel like I let everybody down. We had a, a, a chance to take down like one of the best teams in the country, and I, I, I felt like I let everybody down. And I was like, I'm never going back to that moment again. Yeah, we do that as like <laughs> as just human as humans. We when we have those moments where we've where we've like messed up or let other people down, we create like um, we guard ourselves against that happening again, and and so like in football, it's probably an advantage to like like have that memory of like I never want to fumble again. But I know like in life, it, sometimes like we have to give ourselves like more grace. Like no doubt, it's, yeah. it's hard to give ourselves grace. I well, think the enemy something. lies to you in those moments. That's right. Like a lot. Like the it, yeah, and, and it's to your detriment. Like it seriously is. Like. Um, you always hear about like a girl getting her heart broken. All men are terrible. They never date. They won't ever want to date anybody again. Right. Like, they never the, trust again. Yeah. Never trust again. Um, but like you said, it's different in football. Like I, I you, you can use it to your advantage. Yeah. I mean, you learn from it. That's like mistakes are like the biggest learning tool. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that that is truly amazing to be a running back and to have never fumbled in the NFL is just eight years. Yeah. Eight years. I want to know how. I want to know like if that's kind of a, some sort of a record. It it, will, it was for a while, and then somebody broke it. I can't remember who it was. I mean, the record lasted for like two years. I want to say. Oh really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Huh. Hey, hey, to have. Hey, of course, it's amazing. You would think a record like that would last a little longer than two it's, years. It's right? ha- well, <laughs> but it yeah. is. It's hard to keep records these days. Yeah. Right? Well, you know what? I will say one of the things that really helped me um, with that is you know I was a short yards goal line guy, so. I just went in there and got two yards and then went down. So it's not a lot of credit, a ton of credit to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was out there a, a billion carries, making a bunch of carries. But um, 
I made sure I <laughs> took care of the ball. Hey, don't don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Our our team had a lot of goal line fumbles this year, so the Chargers had a ton of goal line fumbles by their running backs. Did they really? Well, that's why he's not with the team right now, in my opinion. See, I don't pay attention. I don't even know. I, do you, I, do I don't you watch football keep up anymore. with football? I don't. Why is that? I don't know. It's just, I have no idea. <laughs> Two little kids? Does that uh, have anything to do with it, maybe? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. I, can, I can't sit there for five hours watching football Oh, right. Games. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have little kids, but I still watch football. <laughs> I just ignore them, I guess. You know what's funny is um, I was thinking this earlier. Like, I have, like, you ever heard of mom guilt? Mm-hmm. So I have, like, dad guilt. Like, I, I always feel like I don't want to leave my wife alone with the kids too long, especially if I'm present. Like, I start feeling guilty. So Sure. Like, I try not to do that. Sure. She would probably say that's, like, discernment. Like yeah, spiritual discernment. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know when your time's up, right? <laughs> not too much me Well, we time. homeschool, so she's there, like, all day with them. Like, I can't leave her any longer with them. Like, I can't just yeah. take off. and yeah. Like, I don't have many hobbies. I mean, I think what you're feeling is, I think what you're feeling is something that is in is kind of ingrained in us and our understanding is that, you know, these are our kids, they belong to us and they're not there to be ignored yeah, and they're yeah. there to actually be to be trained and to be brought exactly. up and all of that. Yeah. And, and of course, how much and, you know, there's not some exact time frame that you got to spend this amount of time with your kids each day or whatever, but it's there. And so I think you're kind of reacting to that that responsibility. Yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. you can't watch football, but, you yeah. know, it's, it's that kind of a... And so it's just, so you've got that feeling, you feel that responsibility, and so it's just, you know, kind well, of parsing I, out how to... I think it goes deeper than that for me, because, you know, I grew up without my dad, mm. and, I, and, I, and I was like, I'm, like, when I have kids, like, I'm going to be there for everything. Yeah. And I think that's, and let me, let me just preface to say, that me and my dad now have a great relationship. Oh, I just, wow. Yes, I just don't want to, like, say my dad's not around. Me and my, my dad lives in California, and we, we, we speak regularly, we have a great relationship, oh, that's but, fantastic. you know, I grew up without a dad being present, mm. so... I, I take I take my role as a father like very seriously. Amen. Um, I want to be there for everything. I don't want to miss anything. Well, you know, I was just, <laughs> I was just reading this morning. You know, I because I started Matthew one this morning, and and I was like, hey, let me read a little bit of the the prequel to Matthew one. So I went to the kind of last uh, part of Malachi, but and then kind of read into the New Testament and. It was just so. In, it's always been fascinating to me that the very last thing. What about being fatherless? Um, and you, you're, yeah, you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're there. Yeah, yeah. The very last thing it says that I will send Elijah, prophet Elijah, before the great and coming day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, yep. the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I strike the land with a curse. Old Testament ends. That's it. Six hundred years later, yeah. like four you know, or six hundred so, years but, later. And one thing I think that the new covenant does, even though I know that Jesus said that he came to set a man against his father and daughter and mother, but I think he was referring to the fact that the gospel divides. You know, yep. it really does. Yeah. But but I think also the gospel also heals to see you know what's happened in your life and the life transformation and now where you are fatherless and now you and the father that you were fatherless from, you now have a great relationship so with. Yep. That's the gospel, you know. That's that, that's, that's the awesome. result of the gospel, and it's it's a it's a picture in some ways, maybe reverse though, of uh, of our relationship with God. How we were estranged, you know, from yep. Him, and then He brings us He brings us together. That's so awesome. it's glorious, man. It's yep, really yep. awesome. So let's. So your football career comes to an end. You you end up going to the Tennessee Titans, right? Were yep. you there for a couple years? I was there for two years, and then after that. Were you still looking for a team, or were you ready to be done? I was ready to be done. Um, the Titans um, moved me to fullback my last year, 
And if you know anything about football, that position is not fun, especially if you played running back your whole life. It's just constant hitting. Mm. I mean, it's like a train wreck. You got – I'm doing lead blocks on linebackers, like – and they know it's coming, and it's just like, boom, like every play. And that started taking a toll on my body. And plus, I was getting older. I was like – they always say as, as a running back, once you hit 30, that's when it's the kind of downhill. And that's yeah. and I felt it. Um it was taking me longer to recover every like it's like all my all my little injuries were like stacking on top of each other week by week by week and um at the end of the season um they wanted to sign me back and i said the only way i'd come back is if you let me play running back and they were like no we need you as a fullback and i was like well i'm not coming back <laughs> so i, I retired yeah. um did you have a backup plan at that point or are you just ready for a break i was just ready to be done with football and yeah. plus you know with 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 it being so physical and then um, my body kind of breaking down and just hurting all the time, like my passion for the game kind of left. Like I wasn't excited to go practice every day. Yeah. I used to, you know, I used to have a passion for it. I look forward to going to practice. I look forward to the games and it started getting to the point where, yeah, my passion was gone. I was just going through the motions. I mean, I was still giving everything I had, but I didn't have the heart for it anymore. I was just kind of there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so I, at that moment, I was like, yeah, I, I need to be done. I started feeling kind of miserable, you know, going to do something I didn't want to do every day. Um, so it was time. It was time to walk away. Be sure to tune in to part two next week where we discuss Jackie's transition from the NFL to regular life to successful small business franchise owner of philanthropy in the Woodlands. And if you don't already, please subscribe so you get part two as soon as it goes live. Just search Big Tech Small Biz in your favorite podcasting app or go to cgmradio.com slash bigtechs. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week.